0: Hi. So welcome to our podcast and webisode series called If You Don't Mind Me Asking, uh, where we explore and ask as many questions as we can in 20 minutes about the lived experience of people with disabilities. I'm here with my co-host Lucy, I am Dan, and we both work at the Business Disability Forum.
1: And we are absolutely delighted today to be joined by LeMondre Pugh from Billion Strong. And I'm looking forward to some liquid gold quotes to come flooding our way. So without further ado, LeMondre, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself, who you are um, and what you do, would be fantastic.
2: Absolutely. First of all, thank you all uh, for for sharing your platform with me and, and, and wanting to know about me. I am LeMondre Pugh, I'm the CEO of Billion Strong. And I'm a dark-skinned black man with a bald head, a full beard, a little bit of salt and pepper there. Uh, today I am wearing, I guess it's almost like a cantaloupe colored uh, shirt. Uh, and I'm sitting in my home office in Columbia, South Carolina. And the reason I'm seated is because I have spinal muscular atrophy, uh, which is a form of, of muscular dystrophy. The result is that um, I have severe muscle weakness. Um, I can't walk. I can't bathe myself. I can't feed myself, and my life is dope. It's an amazing life, and I absolutely love the skin I'm in.
0: Super. so I uh, it'd be interesting actually to hear actually a little bit more about how your disabilities impacted your life, Lemondre, uh, the positives and and negatives if there if there are some you want to share.
2: yeah, absolutely, man. I you know disability for me is just a part of what makes me me. It's nothing positive. It's nothing negative. It is just a part of who I am. It's, it's, it's no different than me having brown eyes. And, you know, me being a black man, uh, it's, it's, it's just a part of who I am. It is not the defining point of Lamandre Pugh, but it's certainly a defining point. Um, and it's funny, because so often, particularly in society, we ascribe You know, negative and positive characteristics uh, to our traits when the truth is they are simply a part of who we are and my disability is simply a part of who I am. Now, does it shape my perspective? Does it shape my experience? Absolutely, but so do so many other things that make up my life. Um, The challenge comes in to when that difference in my life meets a barrier or meets a situation in the world. And I have to figure out how to navigate that particular barrier or situation through the lens of whatever the resistance is, whether it be the fact that I'm male, whether it be the fact that I'm black, or whether it be the fact that I'm a person who has a different way of getting around. So challenges, yeah positives yes but honestly it's it's all a part of my existence it's all a part of my reality
1: yeah and I was gonna ask a little bit more I know um when we caught up a little while ago you were talking about how your mum um taught you to be independent as a kid and you, there were no excuses I don't think were they for getting away with stuff Can you tell us a little bit about that relationship I'd like to delve a little bit into that one
2: Absolutely. My mother is my mother is my shero. She absolutely is along with my sister, my older sister as well. And (laughs) these two ladies, these two ladies really helped to shape the person that I that I am. When I was first born, uh, I started walking relatively early. I started walking at eight at nine months old. But my mother noticed that I that I wouldn't run. And If I was walking and I fell down, I would have trouble getting back up. And so she realized that there was something not quite right about that. There was something that was not typical about that. And so we finally got an appointment with the university, with the medical university in Charleston, South Carolina. And that's when they did a muscle biopsy and found out that I had spinal muscular atrophy. And at the time, the prognosis was very grim. Uh, It was said that I would not live to be five years old Um, that, um, that basically none of the things that you would want for your child would happen for me, that I wouldn't go to school, that I wouldn't get a job, that I wouldn't get married, um, that my life was basically over. And when she asked, well, what, what should I do? They said, well, what have you been doing? She said, well, I've been loving him. They said, we'll take him home and do that. And that's what she did. that's exactly what she did. she, she took me home. It was me, my mom, and my sister. It was a single parent of family, me, my mom, and my sister. And my mother really instilled in me that if there was something that I wanted in my life that I was gonna have to go after, that no one else had the opportunity or the right to dictate what my life would be but me. And that's how she taught me. That's how she trained me. And when I say she trained me, she trained me. My <laughs> mother had, had this approach. things when i was a child she always said to me if there is something that you want to do you do everything you can to make it happen and whenever you get stuck or whenever you get in trouble or whenever you get to a point where you can't do it then you call me and i'll handle the rest and you know at first that was really cool i can do whatever i want but then i started facing some challenges and just to give you a quick example I was going on an eighth eighth grade uh, trip with school. We were going to Washington, D.C. Now, I knew that I had accessibility needs, right? I'm 13. I knew that I had accessibility needs. But again, her philosophy was, you do what you can do. And if you get to a point where you can't, then you call me in. I didn't do all the things that I could do. I didn't make certain, certain things were in place. And while there were other adults that were involved in it, I still did not do my part. As a result, my mother was said, basically, it's the day before the trip. You're not going to be able to go because you did not do what you were supposed to do. She made me live that. She made me realize the consequences of my inaction as well as my actions. Mm. And honestly, at the time, of course, I didn't understand it. I was like, my mom was a meanie. She could have (laughs) did something about this. But what my mother did at the age of 13 is first of all, she respected my own agency. And she let me understand that not only did I have a right, I also had a responsibility. And if I didn't take care of the responsibility that came along with my rights, then I would be the one that was left out. I tell you, even though that was a harsh lesson for me to learn, a hard lesson for me to learn, at the age of 13, it was one of the best lessons of my life. Mm-hmm. And I thank her desperately for that because that shaped my perspective on what part I played in making certain that I was involved and included.
0: Mm. Sounds like really sort of built uh, an ethic into you and sort of like having that independence as well at sort of such a, an early age to be able to make your own decisions, make your own way. Um, g- going back to what something we were talking about earlier in terms of the whole aspect of either negative or positive posi- positivity when we talk about disability. I wondered if that had ever become something where you sort of see or experience any sort of ableism in the way that the people um, talk about you or disability at all.
2: No absolutely. I, I, absolutely. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's the kind of thing where it it, it shows up in so many different ways and so many so many not so obvious ways, um, either. Again, as I said, you know, I I, I believe that I am responsible um, for for my own destiny. I am responsible for where I end up and where I go. And this has been something that has been that has happened to me time and time again, and and it, it still happens more frequently than, than than I would care to even uh, think about. But inevitably, when when I work with someone, I'll hear this statement. Lamandre, you're so smart. You're so talented. You bring so much value to the table. When I see you, I don't even see your disability. And I hear that and I understand kind of where they're coming from. But the truth is you do need to see my disability. And, and, And here's why I say that because that means that you're not seeing all of who I am. And what you're really saying is because you are contributing, because I see you as, as being valuable, because I see you as adding value to this situation, I don't see any of the deficits that are associated with disabilities represented in you, because what I see disability as is a negative, and I don't see that in you. So I don't see your disability. That is rooted in ableism and, it, and it's also a lie. It's also a lie because the truth is you do see that I'm a big, black, bald headed man with a disability sitting right in front of you. And either your perception is wrong or you're lying. Yeah. And so what that says to me is that. I have to show up authentically I have to show up big. I have to show up full. And what do I mean by that? I'm not saying that I have to be the flamboyant, loud guy and, you know, on the center, on the center stage. But I need to show up real. Mm-hmm. I need to be able to bring all of me to the table because that's my space. That's my part of the table. So all of me needs to reside there i don't need to leave a part of it at home i don 't need to put a part of it in the closet i don't need to check my disability at the door. The reason that i'm bringing this extra value, the reason that i'm the reason that I'm impressive, the reason that all of this excellence is there is because of all the things that make me me mm-hmm. So to deny me of any part of that is to deny me of the essence of who and what I am because somehow in your head you've deemed that that part of me is not good enough that that part of me can't produce those kinds of things yeah. when the truth is when the truth is it's all me it's all of what i bring to the table and honestly if we would look at everyone from that perspective if we would look at everyone just allowing people to be who they are we can see progress so much faster and we could see innovation flourish and we could see our lives improves as, as a collective, as a society.
1: Mm. And it's an interesting one because people say stuff like that. They're not meaning to be hurtful, they're meaning to be kind. But I think it's really useful to challenge that perception, isn't it, a little bit and get people to think about it. Now, people aren't always so kind and people do come out with some... Uh, astonishing insults sometimes, and I know we talked about a job that you were in, and a manager gave you a really nasty insult. I just wanted to touch on that briefly as well, Lamondra. Do you know the one I'm talking about? Absolutely,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was, I was accused of, in their words, of being an angry cripple, uh, and, and and this was, and when, when you hear the reason as to why, you 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 you. You'd be surprised. I'll put it that way. So I used to work at a at a uh, at a retail store, big box store, and you know it's it was national, international uh, uh, organization, but I was in one of the local stores. I was just simply uh, selling computers. That's that's what I did for the organization. I sold computers, and um, it was a good salesman. It was a really good salesman. I my numbers were always really good. The customers. I uh, always left good remarks and you know you had um, regional managers and managers from other stores come in and it was one gentleman I was having a conversation with we were talking and everything and we ended the conversation and uh, he stretched out his hand I couldn't shake his hand I said bump me on the fist obviously he didn't hear me he turned around and walked away okay no problem but the interaction I felt was pretty positive I felt it was a pretty good interaction um, then later on, my manager came over to me. He was like, Hey man, what, what, what happened with, uh, I'm just going to say Jeffrey, what happened with Jeffrey? It's like, we had a good conversation. Jeff, Jeff seems to be a nice guy. He was like, no man. He, he, uh, he said this was the situation and he said he, he reached out to shake your hand and you wouldn't shake his hand. And he said that you're an angry cripple. I was like, what? He said, yeah, he said that you were angry Cripple. He said, but then I had to tell him the didn't shake your hand. He didn't shake your hand because he couldn't shake your hand. And here's what was interesting about that situation. He interpreted it as I was being angry that I didn't extend a hand, that there was a problem for me and my manager, the person who works with me, he knew what the situation was and he said that to him. But here's the funny thing. With that interaction, this person was a regional manager over that. So that meant that his perception of me that quickly could have affected the outcomes of my career in that organization. It could have had real implications there. And what's funny about that, he never addressed it with me. He never came to me and said, hey, what's going on here? He simply took that and ran with it and so much of that happens in our lives where instead of addressing situations or even seeking to understand what happens, people simply walk away with their perceptions and those perceptions affect their decisions and those decisions affect the outcome of the people that they interact with. Massively,
0: that lack of being open and transparent, and actually asking a, a simple question. It's almost like you've you know summed up why the reason why we've actually got this podcast as well about like don't don't mind me asking. You've done an excellent job on that, Lemondre, and we'll be <laughs> we'll be topping and tailing that and using that in the future. I think. <laughs>
2: yeah, well, I tell you what, I, I absolutely love this platform, and I even love the name of it. If you don't mind uh, me asking, because. For me, I'm open and I'm like, we need to ask. And I think that I think that just like there is a need to be open to asking questions and answering questions, there also has to be a respect when people don't want to. When people want to say, no, nah, I want to keep that to myself and simply respect that. But never be afraid to ask the question. Never be afraid to connect because that's what it is. Asking the question is an effort to connect. Mm -hmm. Asking the question is an effort to hopefully understand. But I tell you what, though, even if you don't understand. Dignity and compassion still has to reign supreme. Why do I say that? Because in order to be compassionate, in order to be in order to give dignity does not require understanding. It does not require that at all. But what it does require is treating people like they're human, like they're valuable, like they mean something.
0: right. At the at the danger of uh, angering our um, our producer Chris, just because I, you know, no we only got you here for a limited time, Andre, So, going to get one more question in. Um, we we like to ask people sort of, like, you know, if there's anything that you'd like to tell your younger self. But I know when we met previously, you were you were speaking to us about your cousin um, as well. So, uh, if you wanted to you wanted to give your younger self or maybe maybe your cousin some advice for the future
2: hmm. well yeah you know that 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 answer always changes because it depends on the day it depends yeah. on the day what's what what's going on but <laughs> I, I do i have a, i have a younger cousin her name is ariana she also has spinal muscular atrophy and we're the only two people in the family um with spinal muscular atrophy and i realized how much she actually looks at me and sees possibilities for herself by just seeing what I do in my life and how I interact in my world. And I believe that if today, hmm. and this is today, tomorrow to be something completely different. But today, if I had to tell my younger self something and that I would want Ariana um, to think about, it's first of all that you are indeed enough that I don't care what perceived deficits you may have, what perceived issues you may have, you are enough, you are complete, you are whole, you are not broken, number one. Number two, your voice is important. Your perspectives, your, your thoughts, your ideas, they are important and they are just as valuable as anyone else's. So speak up, speak up, speak out, pursue happiness and live in joy. That's the third thing, pursue happiness and live in joy. Because the truth is, this is our existence. This is our reality. And people will tell you what you can't do. People will tell you what you should and shouldn't have. When the truth is, does that bring you joy? Does that make you happy pursue that do those things and the fourth thing fourth thing would really be to shine shine show up in the world authentic show up in the world just as you are shine because here's the thing people will say well i've got this problem or i've got this issue but the truth is no one's perfect and the world doesn't need your perfection the world needs your presence. So show up and shine. And the final thing is share it with others. Share it with others. Find for her, I would say, find the other Arianas. Just like I found other Lamandres and, and, and you know, you Lucy, you find other Lucy's Dan, you find other Dan's, and you share. You share. Yep. That's it.
1: I mean, I, I'm going to kind of. I think we need to commission a range of Le Mondre motivational posters, almost, don't we? I think, <laughs> yeah, we it's feels like a t shirt range coming up somewhere, I think. It's fantastic. I say liquid gold. Um, brilliant. Thank you, Lamondre. Um, whereabouts can our listeners find out more about you uh, and Billion Strong in particular? I know we've got the website. We can post that in, in a link um, to this as well. Um, but just look you up on social media channels. There can't be that many Lamondre pews out there, can
2: there? No, there are not that many. But yeah, you can look me up um, if you're on. Uh, any of the, the 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 major ones Facebook Lamondre Pew it's just my name L-A-M-O-N-D-R-E-P-O-U-G-H if you're on Instagram or Twitter Lamondre underscore P because somebody hacked uh cloned my accounts and started doing weird things. So it's Lamondre underscore P. Also on LinkedIn Lamondre Pew. And you can check us out at Billion Strong. That's billion billion hyphen strong uh, dot @org that's billion-strong.org and you can join the movement. Our movement is an identity movement. It's an identity movement for people with disabilities. It's not just about how the world sees you, but it's also about how you see yourself. Our aim is to empower through connection. So check us out at 1000000000 or billion-strong.org.
1: Fantastic. And uh, really support the movement of Billion Strong, the work you and Deborah in particular uh, do uh, with Billion Strong is just amazing. And it's always a pleasure to, to work with both of you around stuff. So thank you all so much. And thank you for your time today, Lamondre. I mean, we could have thought of 10, 20 more questions and, and spent an hour on this, but we, we get told off if we do that kind of stuff. So thank you so much. And thank you again for our listeners for tuning in to us. And we'll, we'll be back with some more installments for you. Thank you. Take care. Thank you for listening. You can find future episodes on major streaming platforms. Search Business Disability Forum or at businessdisabilityforum.org.uk and search podcasts. You can also watch the series on our YouTube channel. Search for Business Disability Forum. Please do share and leave us a rating. Business Disability Forum is the leading business membership organisation in disability inclusion. We work in partnership with business, government and disabled people to remove barriers to inclusion. Businessdisabilityforum.org.uk.